0: Welcome everyone to the Sober Heather Podcast. I am Scott. I am sober. I am the sober heathen. I am very happy to be here again today. Um, having two guests today uh, willing to show their experience, strength, and hope and and hopes of helping the next person and truly helping ourselves. So since I try to keep this as honest and authentic as possible, I double booked today. I fucked up. I'm not going to freak out about it, um, Let the guys know that this is uh, going to end up being a, a A three-man crew today Uh, they've been very kind and uh, understanding Um, it's still going to be good it's still going to be great and then uh, these guys will come back at another time and then and we'll get to talk individually so today I have Robert and Dan Uh, welcome both of you to the podcast thank you so much for taking time uh, to be here yeah so uh, we got Robert Robert where are you from man
1: I am uh, originally from Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I've been living in Hickory, North Carolina since 1995. Beautiful.
0: I've always wanted to go to North Carolina. I hear the beaches are amazing. Um, It'll happen probably when I'm in my 70s or so, but it'll happen. (laughs) How about you, Dan? Where, Where are you from, buddy? Where are you coming to
2: us live from? I'm Halfordshire, so just outside of London, England.
0: Oh, my God accents badass i love it um always (laughs) wanted to go to london too i mean it's 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 one of those places that it's like if you get a chance to go you have to go right like yeah london london and egypt are like i mean two dreams if i make it to either one of those places i can i can die a happy man so all right enough babbling from me let's uh robert um so what's your sobriety day
1: tell us a little bit about yourself you can go into as much or a little detail as you want brother well, my sobriety. Well, my my sobriety date is actually uh, May eighth, twenty twenty two. So I just recently picked up a year. I have been in and out of twelve step recovery since the since I was in my early twenties. Uh, I realized that there was an issue when I was about eighteen years old. I started finding myself losing control. Uh, probably had lost control before that, but I didn't realize it. So I was in and out of the rooms, but what I found was that I was not applying the principles that were being presented to me uh, with any regularity. And I would go out and, you know, I'd get a little bit of, a little bit of clean time, sobriety, what have you. And then I would go back out and see if I could figure this thing out again. And that has been a failed strategy for me. So I, I'm getting ready to turn 56. I had a stroke in 2019 and uh that kind of was a, a wake up call. I mean, I I was just praying that you know I would get it together before something bad happened, but I was expecting something the magic wand or whatever to zap me and that has not been the case. So right. once I, you know, had my stroke, I I started going to outpatient rehab and uh Started learning some coping skills and got reintroduced to uh, AA and uh, decided that I was going to actually try it the way that it was supposed to go. Got a sponsor, um, started working steps, struggled here and there. I'd make it like 60 days and then go back out and celebrate, which is not a good recipe for staying sober. Um <laughs> eventually i had a friend of mine that actually uh was i used to buy drugs from and he got in a lot of trouble and part of his um rehabilitation through the state of north carolina was he had to go to 12 step meetings and he was going to narcotics anonymous i had been in both programs so he was kind of apprehensive he'd never been to a meeting before And I was doing a 90 meetings in 90 days in AA, and my sponsor wasn't picky about what 12-step recovery I went to as long as I could make it to a meeting. So he asked me if I'd meet him at a meeting, and I went in and got hooked up with some people and kind of transitioned to that program. It was really cool because my AA sponsor, I kind of wanted him to sponsor me in NA, he wasn't super familiar with it. And uh, so I, you know, I I felt bad because he was a cool guy and he was really helping me. And I said, you know, I told him I didn't know what to do. And he said, pick up a white chip and do the deal, man. So (laughs) that was encouraging. I ended up getting an NA sponsor and um, still stumbled a little bit. We got 60 days and then went out to a movie with my son and they had my favorite beer And I decided that I was going to just drink one. And I did successfully just drink one. I got the, uh, you know, the phenomena of craving, but uh, the beers at the movie theater were prohibitively expensive. So because I'm a tight, tight ass with money, I decided if I was going to spend 16 bucks on two beers, I could probably invest it wisely at a grocery store. But I didn't end up doing that. But when I told my sponsor in NA that I had drank and he informed me that I was going to, you know, have to reset my sobriety date, I decided that I was going to get my money's worth on that white chip. So I went out again and uh, had a wild night and then came back in the next day. And then that was uh, the 22nd. I mean, the tw- the, not the 22nd. It was the tw- May the, the 8th of 2022, and I have worked this program, gone to meetings, and, um, you know, work work steps. The biggest thing for me was was when I learned to pick up the phone and call people. I had struggled with that my whole entire life. Didn't want to call anybody and tell them myself. Didn't want anybody to talk me out of it. Didn't want people to know what I was doing but I found that this is a feeling disease for me. And, uh, you know, I drank over my feelings. I used over my feelings, whatever I had to do to to numb them. And, uh, now I call people and I share what I'm going through and, um, I can get those feelings kind of knocked out a little bit and learned how to deal with them. So, you know, that's my uh, biggest suggestion for anybody who's, uh, new in this program or struggling. Calling people, you know, they've been telling me for thirty years to call people, and when I started to call people, that's when I saw the turnaround. So, um, you know, I'm grateful that I haven't drank or used any substances for a year, and I'm just planning on uh, continuing to work this program. So, like, yeah. that's about it.
0: Yeah, that's really that's really awesome, Robert. Um, one year. I mean, I, I know in early sobriety. <clears throat> For me, a month seemed like an eternity, 90 days seemed impossible, and I could not fathom reaching 365 days. So, I mean, that is that is a true feat, man, and uh, I hear a lot of relatable things in your story, and i got a bunch of questions for you coming up. Um, so, thank you for sharing. Let's uh, want to make sure Dan gets in here. Uh, Dan, welcome, and, um, you know, same thing, man. What's your sobriety date? Uh, how are things going? Tell us whatever you want to tell us.
2: Thank you very much. Um, so, today I'm 40 days sober. Um Ooh. it's <laughs> it's never been um drugs for me, it's always kind of been the beer or drink. Um, believe it or not, career wise, I actually co manage a pub and a hotel. So um I'm with alcohol all the time. Some people would find that near impossible. Um for yeah. me it's 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 it has it, been fun, you know, there's been there's been days I've had really bad days at work and I'll finish work and have a couple of alcohol free beers. And I've realised it's not the alcohol that I've been craving as such. Maybe it was just the taste of that beer. Because you associate beer with relaxation or lots of different other kind of feelings. In society, we're kind of um, we're driven to associate drinks slash drugs with any occasion. So if it's a birthday, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving for you guys, um, a funeral or wedding... There's always alcohol flowing there's always alcohol involved, you know yeah um, so that's kind of been been my journey so far like I do I do get an element of imposter syndrome because yourself Robert, you, you've reached us over a year, so congratulations, you've done amazing uh, yeah. you're welcome, man, you're welcome. but then I think back to myself and I go, forty days is, is, is nothing in comparison, but everyone who's on a sober journey. Once upon a time, we're at 40 days. So everyone, everyone's been there, and you've got to get to 40 days before you reach your 40, 41st, 42nd, you know, and so forth. Um, I've always had a kind of unhealthy relationship with... I say alcohol. It's never really been spirits. It's always just been lager with, with beer, you know? Um, goes back from even when I was a teenager, so I'm 33 now. Um, started drinking when I was 16, 17. Uh, it's been kind of periods of times so where I've got a couple of weeks, but it got to the point I was drinking every day. Now, it wasn't drinking publicly sat in a pub or at a bar, as you guys call it. Um, it was finishing work and sitting by myself and opening cans of, cans of beer, you know. But uh, I'd go to the shops, the supermarkets, we call it. I get pint cans of lager. Um, right at the beginning, I buy myself four. So I'd have four pints, relax, unwind. Uh, before I realized it, I found myself buying eight in case I wanted five pints, maybe six pints. But you finish at eight and it went to 12 in case I wanted nine pints, 10 pints. So before I kind of realized that I'm drinking anything between nine to 12 pints, six days a week. Now, um, over here, so what, four pints is probably about £6.50. So, you do the maths, that's what? That's 13, that's 20 pounds a day, six yeah. days a week. You do the maths, so it's over 500 pounds a month. But you don't realize it until so you add up the numbers and realize how much money you're, you're actually spending, you know? And you're not doing yourself any favors. I was putting on a, a lot of weight. Um, I was destroying kind of a mental health, if you like. Um, And time and time and time again, I've had, I've had, not friends as such, my uh, my old man, so my dad, used to always say to me, why do you drink so much? And I was like, I don't, this is normal. And he's like, it's not. And it kind of, um, it'd pick up on how quickly I'd sit and drink a, a pint of beer, you know? Um, and it's, you used to think, oh, you're just nagging, you're, d- you're just, um, you're having a pop, you know, you're having to go. But now in hindsight, he's only saying it obviously because he cares. Uh, he yeah. picked up on the signs. He kind of realised what was going on and what was happening, and um, never really approached it. But my man, my old man's not a, not not a man of one, not a man of many words, you know. Uh, he'll he'll go to a family wedding, or I'm out with my dad and my sister tonight. I'm gonna go and see a tribute show at a local theatre. Um, I'm gonna go for some dinner before. But he'll sit there. He won't say it. it'll be me and my sister having a conversation. Every so often he'll chip in and add to that conversation. Now um for him to really realise what was going on and point it out it was kind of poignant, you know. Um and hindsight meant a lot. Um I could sit and delve into detail, like proper detail about my behavior behavioural patterns and what I was doing. I was isolating myself and yeah it just wasn't healthy. I don't I don't really know what made it click or What the moment was, but um, I put myself on put a weight on There's a picture, um, uh, that I'll share to you guys, um, maybe on Twitter or on social media, you guys to see it. But I was taking kind of selfies and realized that my skin was getting very red, I was looking so tired, massive bags under my eyes, um, run down, my sleeping pattern was all over the place. I just looked and looked and felt like shit, you know, um, yeah. but so it, it was it was a case of just deciding to do something about it. Now, um, every Easter Sunday, so Easter Sunday over here, we go to my sister's house, we have a meal. But due to my working commitments, this was Saturday, or 40 days ago. And it got to that Monday because I'm that type of guy that everything new needs to start on a Monday, you know? Um, So, yeah, from that Monday afterwards, I was like, right, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, I bought myself a static exercise bike. Uh, which I do 10K on every day. Um, Oh, not not every day, six days a week. Um, And I just replaced the alcohol with doing that. So it's kind of a whole new routine, you know. Um, Over the past week, maybe two, it's got a a little bit complacent because when you're working, I don't know, a 12 or 13-hour shift, I'm the type of guy where I refuse to get out of bed. Any (laughs) earlier I need to get out of bed (laughs) Uh, to, to, to sit there and do exercise, you know. Uh, right. but for the podcast today, i got it done. So i got it done 19 minutes and yeah, feeling good, feeling good.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah. And, and following your, uh, your Twitter and seeing the selfies that you post, you can see the change happening. Uh, I think that's really awesome. It's, uh, I, without making it sound like all soft and mushy, cause we're men, right? But it's, it's brave to do that shit. It's brave to put yourself out there and show those things, you know, um, uh, I need to remember that myself, you know, we're our own hardest critics. Right. So, um, yeah. and I gotta, I gotta say, man, I, I maybe this was meant to be because I'm, I'm having a lot of fun listening to this and, and fun might be a weird word to use, but I'm I'm hearing so much myself through your guys' uh, talking. I know other people, when they listen to these things, they can relate, you know, uh, Robert, you talked about to get a little time and see if I can do it again. You know what I mean? I, I, I I remember, you know, getting 30 days or getting two weeks and be like, shit, you know, I, I'm not going to go back to the way it was, you know, I'm going, you know, I, I've realized how bad it was finally, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, talk about how easy it was to convince yourself that it was going to be different this time. And this is to both of you guys uh, in, in, in your
1: relapses,
0: you know, uh, Robert, you can, you can go first, you know, talk about how easy it was to convince yourself that this time was going to be different.
1: Oh, the thing that really tripped me out about it was that, you know, I would always feel like crap in the morning and I would make up my mind when I woke up that I wasn't going to drink. And, um, you know, but for me, the, what I've seen in my patterns is that I drank at night. So I was kind of the same way he was sharing, you know, I get off work. And so around here, the liquor stores close at 9 p.m. And I was delivering pizzas. And so I wouldn't really think about drinking all day long. And then it would get close to 9 o'clock. And all of a sudden, I had a sense of urgency. I had to get a delivery close to the liquor store. And I'd have to pop in there. And because, you know, I would tell myself, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight if I don't have something to drink and um so then i would just you know i tried to moderate by just buying a pint of vodka but the thing is you can buy you can buy beer here um till like two o'clock in the morning so i mean i'd smash yeah. that and then i'd be in my car driving back up to the store but it just blew me away because every single day i would make up my mind that i wasn't going to drink and then i was just in the routine of drinking and then what he was sharing about it just incrementally gets worse. You know, I would, I would get a pint and, and then I would only, you know, I was only going to do it this many days a week. And I was just trying to come up with a magic formula for how much, and you know, as long as I don't do this drug, as long as I only drink this much, it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. And it's because, just, it's yeah crazy. Going and getting a
0: pint and running around, you know, that you used a great word urgency, you know, like, I, I did the same thing. I drank at night and the urgency all of a sudden, you know, I'm like every morning I'd wake up. I'm not fucking drinking today. I'm done. I feel like shit. I, I'm sick and tired of feeling like this. And then that it clicks and that urgency is like, Oh shit, I didn't get alcohol today. I got to find a way to get out of this house to get to the liquor store and get it here before, you know, before this, this thing closes. How, how about you, Dan? Uh, can you relate to any of that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, There'll be a case of making sure like our supermarkets around here. I live in a village, one of the one in the village closes at it's Tesco, is closes at 11. Um, and even if I've been busy, I've got a I found myself sending one of the guys who works behind the bar, giving him some cash or giving him my card to go to a shop and grab me four beers because I knew I only had a couple upstairs in the fridge, you know. Sure. So it, it, it comes down to patterns, and even if I look back to I don't know, I'm, what, I'm 33 now, so even if I think back to early 20s uh, or even late teens, um, I found myself smuggling drink into my mum and dad's house or hiding a case of beer under my bed, you know, so they mm-hmm. couldn't see it. And it was a case of just um, then when they've gone out to work, put them in a bag and ch- chuck them in the bin, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of behavioural structures and stuff I was doing was crazy now sometimes i tell myself that i was gonna um give up drinking um and that would be like robert said uh in the morning when you feel rough you feel like shit and it's um that would be fine some days i wouldn't wouldn't drink for one or two days uh but as soon as the bloating goes down in your stomach as soon as that kind of that hungover grouchy feeling goes you're like okay back onto it and Get on get on drinking some beers again but um it, it's it's hard to really describe what what what's different this time but it's it is yeah a, a lot of people just say it needs to click you know
1: mm-hmm. and
2: it's it's terribly cliche but but yeah I guess it's the case
0: yeah I, I totally agree Dan I, I just I don't know what happened I mean you know and I want to talk about this too because consequences um Robert you talked about having a frigging stroke in 2019 you know, I I ended up um, in March of 2022. I I was in the hospital in 30 days span, at least five times woke up in the ER, not, not just had to go there. I woke up, had no idea how I got there, tube down my throat, you know, strapped to the bed, all kinds of crazy shit. And none of that deterred me. And then it just, it was just one day it was like, all right, I, I had enough. So, you know, Talk about, you know, I I think talking about consequences, you know, uh, whether it's physical or, uh, you know, something with the law or whatever, you know. So talk a little bit about you had the stroke and then kind of how did you talk yourself back into going back?
1: Well, after I had my stroke, I mean, I really thought that was going to be the rock bottom that was going to help me finally do what I knew I needed to do. And uh, they took my driver's license away because in North Carolina, you lose your license when you first have a stroke and you have to wait like cool. six months and then go get evaluated. So I was stuck at my house. So I found myself taking Ubers up to the bar to, to meet up with my drug dealer. And uh, I was just like, okay, so obviously this didn't stop me. So then, um, you know, I called a, a helpline from uh, cause I got Medicaid insurance from when I was in the hospital because my bills were so high and I called an 800 number, and they hooked me up with with the outpatient rehab place, and they were coming and picking me up and taking me to the meetings. They put me in an intensive outpatient rehab, but I mean, you know, I just, I couldn't believe it. I had a stroke. It scared the shit out of me, but, you know, I was still doing drugs and getting drunk because the pandemic started, and I was stuck in my house, and I was depressed, and I had friends that would go get liquor for me and bring it to me because they felt sorry for me, and you know, obviously, you know, that's not really something a friend does, but that's, you know, I had connections like that. And I was, you know, I was actually selling a little bit of weed at the time. So people would be on their way over to my house to buy some drugs. And I'd be like, hey, man, stop and get me some beer. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a mindset. And I'd been doing it for 30 some years. So I was just stuck in it, you know, the lifestyle and, you know, I I thought that I needed to to drink, and I thought that I needed to do drugs, and it wasn't, you know, and I mean, you know, that talk about chronic relapsers, and I hear old timers that get irritated when you say that, and people that you're just drinking because you want to drink. Well, yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, the only expectation that you can have for somebody who's an addict is that they're gonna do addictive things. So, I mean, if they're not that's a change so I mean you know making it 30 days and going back out it became another pattern but all I ever wanted to do was just drink once a month so I was like hey I finally got that you know but it was white knuckle in it and then when I made up my mind that I was not gonna drink or do drugs no matter what that's when it changed for me it didn't make it easy but I mean I have to wake up every morning and decide that i'm not going to do anything today and then i have to you know work my program and call people and you know it's a it's a process but as long as i continue to be you know i thought about because i you know they're like the you know just for today or one day at a time or whatever i was talking to an old timer and i told him i was finally starting to get that and he he laughed and he said you know what we don't realize is we were just living one day at a time before We didn't care about whether we were gonna have booze tomorrow, as long as we had some today. And I mean, you know, that really opened my eyes. And I had a lot of discipline. You know, I I could think outside the box. I could get what I wanted. I could, you know, manipulate, get money when I didn't have money. So I mean, I had a lot of discipline. I was just putting it in the wrong direction and now that discipline is that, uh, you know, now that I've gotten some some time under my belt and I feel so much better, my relationships have improved. I have a son that's getting ready to turn 19, and he is a big pain in the ass. But, uh, but, I mean, we get along a lot better. You know, he respects the fact that I'm trying to do this thing. And I know that I can screw all that up. If I go back out and start living the way I was, not only might I potentially kill myself, But I'm just going to blow everything that I've gained to this point. And so I have to keep that in mind. Like today we were talking about before, before the podcast. Now, I've struggled today. I got shit going on at work. I got a boss that's younger than me. I don't think she's very good at her job. And I'm negatively impacted by her decisions. But, you know, I don't have any control over what she does. So I can go back to old behaviors and be an asshole and try to get her in trouble. Never ever has that worked over the yeah. my lifestyle. Never got along with bosses. Don't do good with authority figures, but today I can worry about me. And so I just have to stay in the solution and be like, what can I do? The problem is me. If I can't accept this situation, what can I do differently? And so, you know, I have tools today. I only had one tool before. It was get loaded, you know, and it didn't yeah. solve anything, but that was my tool. Yeah. So today I have other tools in my toolbox and I'm learning to utilize them. So, you know, life's different today.
0: Oh, yeah, man. I think a lot of people can relate with what you just said. And, and you know, the, when the old timers say, well, you just want to drink, it's like, no shit. <laughs> like, we wouldn't drink if it didn't feel good and we didn't enjoy it. You know, I mean, that's the whole point. You know, I, 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 I want to drink. I just know I can't, I can't because it controls me. It consumes me and it, and everything falls to shit when I do it. So if you're being honest and they're being honest, they want to fucking drink too. If I could drink like a normal person, I'd fucking do it, but I can't, you know, Uh, one thing I wanted to go back to uh, Dan for you, man is, you know, and I catch myself doing this shit all the time too. You know, I, I said it the other day, I think it was in the podcast yesterday. Maybe I said, Oh, you know, I only got eight months and it's like, wait a minute. Totally. This is the longest I've been sober since I picked up a drink, but since, you know, 20 years ago when I picked up the first one, you know, uh, it, 40 days is fucking awesome dude and like that's why this podcast is open to anybody if you have three days if if you're picking up your 24 hour chip and you want to come on the podcast and talk about it, do because. This connection and you guys have talked about it. You've guys talked about it. AA is your connection, Robert. Uh you got a connection, uh, Dan, you know, with exercising and, and posting things on social media. You got that good connection, you know. Robert, you're posting things too. Um, 40 days, 24 hours, it's all amazing and it's all something that should be celebrated and and we should not cut ourselves uh down at all by saying only because Son of a bitch. we could not be here and, and and just hearing the stories today we, we know that um Dan you talked about uh, your dad it was picking up signs you know a lot of times people around us they know what's going on and they understand the severity of it far before our clouded judgment can ever realize that um the nicest thing that my dad said the closest thing to I love you that my dad said in my entire life was I was in the hospital and he came in and he gave me a hug and my brother had just passed away. And uh, he like gave me a hug and he said, I don't want to lose you too. And that was like, that hit me and it was like, all right, I'm done. Well, I wasn't done, but talk about a little bit more, you know, like your, your dad pickups, uh, how, what's, what, talk a little bit more about your dad and and, and how, uh, I guess the question is, you know, was he pushing it? Was he, was he strongly suggesting it? And yeah, was your yeah. relationship right now?
2: Yeah, the relationships are great right now. Uh, I see a lot more of my dad um, over the last, I don't know, since I stopped drinking, you know, over the last kind of 40 days. Um, I'd always find, find we'd we'd have family engagement, so I'd always find a um, reason to um, either cancel or I'd be quite stubborn and laid back in the sense that I wouldn't make plans in the first place. So I kinda of go long periods of time without seeing family. Uh and that that was due to bad habits. That was due to um drinking and stuff. Uh and I think I think the key kind of message as well is just kind of being honest with myself. Same as you guys, being honest with yourselves. Um and being upfront, not kind of hiding things. Obviously, Robert, you've been through or you've been through and you're on the AA programme, you had your stroke. Uh Scott, you obviously found yourself in hospital. I I I luckily um never had any that happened to me. Uh, I had someone reach out to me today asking what I'm doing to um stay sober or what programs am I using, and um none is the kind of the answer. Um, I haven't kind of gone to meetings. Um, I'm not an overly uh, religious guy, so I know um a lot of meetings you go to can be um based on religion or uh, kind of an upper power, or um, praying, or God. Um, that kind of, um, for me, I guess, wouldn't work, I guess. And that's why platforms like this are so good, um, because you can sit and you can be honest, you can be open, uh, and there's no judgment there, uh, which is fantastic. Um, touching base on what you said about my relationship with my dad, uh, December 2020, my uh, mum passed away. And I always had a lot more in common with my mum compared to my dad. Um, for no other reason, I don't think anybody chooses that. Nobody chooses who you have more in common with or um, anything like that. Um, but but yeah, dad, dad, dad's done amazing. He's done fantastically well. Have you heard this? Um, it's something I've never said to him face to face or over a text message or on the phone. But yeah, he, he he's done really well. I've uh, always got my sister, who's two years older than me. I've got a little nephew; who's only four. Um, my nephew's uh, the heartbeat of the family now, which which is great.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you. Uh, uh, I'm gonna brain fart because I was I was really good there at the end. Um, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. The, the, you know, AA is great. Uh, I've shown it in my my big book on the videos before. I had soft cover. It was like a rainbow with tabs and highlighters and now i got hardcover i've been through it over and over and over again i I, i'm a fan of aa i'm not a fan of when i go into aa and it turns into a sermon so that that's a a turn off but that doesn't that's a rare thing but i Mm -hmm. love the fact and i love it when people come on that are doing it differently because it doesn't have to be one way you can you can try aa if you don't like it then try something else as long as it's working for you that is all that matters and, you know, I, I, I'm with you. Obviously, I go heathen, right? So the heathen, it literally means that I don't follow any of the big three religions. I don't follow Allah, I don't follow uh, Christ, and I don't follow um, Yahweh. And, you know, I I I want people on here that do follow those three, because somebody else might follow those two. And you might say something that can help people recover. And that's, that's what this is all about. So I'm really glad, uh, Dan, that you're, you're, you're open on that because, you know, exercise is doing it for, I've seen that happen, uh, you know, and, and stories from a lot of people, you get in the gym and all of a sudden that dopamine hits in, you know, that you get that fix from being healthy and running and, and, and exercising, working out. And I mean, I think that's great. Everything. I mean, any, anything is possible, you know, um, what about, um, let's see, sorry, my mind is going everywhere. Um, Cause this is such a good conversation. You know what I mean? Oh, Robert, you had said, uh, this is to both of you guys, you know, waiting for that magic wand. I cannot tell you how many times I just told myself, you know what? Something's just going to happen and I'm just going to quit. Something is just going to turn. I'm going to get, you know, find this job that I want, or I'm going to win the lotto and I'm just going to be done waiting for that magic wand. T- talk a little bit about that. Uh, I will go to you first, Dan. Uh, do you have anything where you where you just you, you told yourself this will change tomorrow with with no evidence whatsoever to suggest it's going to just expecting it to change on its own? Uh,
2: yeah, there's the, no the kind of stand out uh, moment as such for me. It was just you get rough, <laughs> like, spending nearly enough all your money on beer. Um, I like, see so putting on weight, like, destroying your mental health, um, and it'd always be it would start on a Monday. Um, <laughs> yes. So Sort of thing. Nothing new starts on a Thursday or a Friday, you know. It's <laughs> always, it's always, it's always kind of um, on a Monday. But then, I don't know. That kind of that Monday would never come. Um, and I can't sit here and say that I'll I'll never drink again. That's obviously my um, my 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 aim, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. My my kind of original target when I stopped in my head was hundred days and see how I feel then. Right. Um, I'm going on uh, a holiday. Or vacation as you guys call it uh end of august uh with my family um and will I have a beer then who knows I you, you, you can never you can never predict or never tell um I don't plan on it but um as you guys have always already kind of touched on it's one day at a time you know
0: yeah yeah for sure how about you Robert uh talk, talk about you know uh, go back and revisit that magic wand that you're waiting for
1: well, and something I would that I really related to was the thing with my dad. So, my dad drinks, but I don't think he struggles with the with what I struggle with. And uh, so, I was introduced to to alcohol at a very early age because I think that's how he used to bond with his dad. Yeah. But um, I remember one time I was out in California visiting him, and we had a couple beers at the pool, and then I walked across the street to a convenience store. And I bought some tall boys and brought them back. And I thought, you know, it was super cool. Me and my dad were going to have another beer in the hotel room. And he said, I don't want another beer. And I said, what do you mean? I mean, that was so foreign to me. And he (laughs) said, well, if if I drink more beer, I'll get drunk. And I was like, yeah, isn't that the point? So, I mean, and then when I started working the program and, uh, I had 60 days, I called him and I was all excited and he said, well, you know, if you could just drink one, you wouldn't need to go to those meetings. And I said, yeah, you're right. If I could just drink one, that would be ideal. But, um, you know, for me, the magic wand thing was when I got involved in 12-step recovery um, in the big book of AA, it talks about the spiritual experience, and uh, I really related that to doing a four-step. So I went through the steps several times, and I'd do my four-step, and then I still wanted to drink, and then I was like, okay, you know, I was just waiting like that was going to be the magic bullet that was going to fix me. And uh, so then that would just bum me out. And then I'd end up going back out and drinking or using again. And then I'd get back in the program. And, you know, what I've realized now is my my sponsor now says it's a marathon and not a sprint. So you know I feel like I'm having a a spiritual experience just because, you know, I think that uh, my higher power lives inside me. And I just kind of blocked it off, you know, with all the... Things that I was doing, and so living this life the way that I was meant to live it has been allowing me to experience that spiritual experience that I was waiting for. And one of the other things I'll say is that I I really like AA, but the NA program they go to great lengths to say that you know it's not required to believe in any particular God, and you know its higher power can be you know the universe or the group or whatever anything that's more powerful than you. So when I look around the room and I see 20, 30 people that have been doing this deal and they're not using and drinking anymore, obviously they have something that I don't have. So that can be my higher power is just reaching out to other people. Um, I've heard of God is a group of drunks. I've heard so many different things. And you know, the thing is I see people doing this other ways, And I've said it before, you know, what works for me might kill somebody else. So, I mean, we have to find our way that works for us. I have friends that, that guy was talking about that used to be my drug dealer. He's running marathons and going to the gym and, uh, you know, getting healthy and living a different way has been the answer for him. And, you know, if I hadn't had a stroke, you know, I was going to CrossFit and working out and stuff before I had my stroke, I can't do that anymore, but. But, you know, I'm eating healthy, and I'm just doing things that I've been wanting to do my whole entire life. You know, I weighed 300 pounds. I've, I've uh, lost 60 pounds. I've reversed my type 2 diabetes. I've reversed my awesome. fatty liver. I've lowered awesome. my blood pressure. I'm off all medicines. So, I mean, you know, I, I didn't get that uh, mountaintop experience all at one time. But, I mean, you know, I also didn't crash and burn with using. I moderated over 35 years, so it was like a slow suicide. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, this is like a slow ascension up the mountain. As (laughs) long as I keep on climbing and I don't turn around, because the trip downhill is a lot faster than the trip uphill.
2: So, uh, you know, I'm mean,
1: i not going to have a magic wand experience. I'm going to have to do this one day at a time. And. That's just how it works for me.
0: Yeah, and I think that's important to remember because, you know, we want instant gratification, right? So you get that pint and you get it to your lips and you get it in your gut. And I know for me, I won't speak for you guys, but I know for me, it was instant gratification. There was no possible way that two seconds after I chugged a, a half pint uh, of, of peppermint schnapps or vodka that I was drunk and buzzed. But just the the process uh, was I knew it was coming, and it was instant gratification. And and I, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a journey; it's not a destination. Uh, Dan is exploring his journey right now. You know, he's being very honest with that, and I think that's that's a huge step. You know, he's like, "Well, a hundred days, we'll see what's going on." You know, I got a holiday coming up; see what's going on. And that's that's just being brutally honest. And I think that's a start, right? I mean, you, you start there and and you build on it, and you see where it goes. Um, I agree. The people that would go out and have a beer with dinner, I thought were insane. I wouldn't do that. Even as a raging alcoholic, I wouldn't do that because it was like pointless. It's like, I'm not going to waste $4 on a beer when I could use that $4 to get a half pint of cheap vodka, you know, when I leave this place. That's just dumb. You know, we'd go on wine tasting when I was married. We'd go on wine tasting. I'd volunteer to drive because what good is it going to do me to go in and sip on these little cups of wine? That's not going to do anything for me. I'll wait till we get. You know, I'll drive your drunk asses around, and then I'll get sloshed later. You go because it's <laughs> dumb to just have a beer. I, I I just thought it was dumb, and that still didn't click in my head that that's really shitty thinking, dude. What you got, Dan? You're looking over there like uh, you got something to say, brother. What you got?
2: No, I just I was just I was um, agreeing with you, I'm not going to one agree on kind of what you're saying. It it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it's as we've touched on before about after having a beer you just become powerless. It's like my old man for instance, he can he can sit and have two, three cans of beer and then he won't drink them for three, four weeks. And he can he can have a couple of beers and, and it's he he's he's got it nailed, you know, he's got it nailed down. But um for myself, it, as soon as I have one might not be um might have been a case of just one beer. As soon as I have a few beers, that's it. The floodgates open. That's the best way I can describe it. It's As soon as I have a couple of beers, yeah. it's... it's One's always too many, shall we say. So it's a case of you either decide to live life without drink at all, or you try and moderate it, but as people always say, moderation never works. It's never worked for me before. So um, that's why I've kind of given this a go and decided just to i was having a conversation the other night with my sister and i haven't got my phone on me otherwise uh, i'd read it out it was something along the lines of um you need to work out what you're doing and what you want is this either this a long period of time off the drink and basically detoxing yourself and to uh, test whether you can do it and to make yourself feel better or is it a case of this is a long-term thing you're just not going to drink again uh and i replied to her saying that um I'd love anything more. I'd I'd, I'd I'd want nothing more right now than a beer because I had a shit day at work.
0: Yeah.
2: And my sister put back, you want nothing more than a drink. Is in quite, quite shocked by it. Uh, I come back and said, obviously, that's a figure of speech more than anything else. But yeah, I'd love a beer now. Yeah. But I know my, my mindset is what, this was two days ago, so that would have made it Wednesday. If I had a couple of beers on Wednesday night, you guarantee I would have drunk every night until yeah. Monday. Because everything used to start on a Monday, you know?
0: Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, uh, Bill W says it pretty well in the big book. Uh, you know, he found himself, didn't even plan on it. He just found himself in a bar and he had a drink. And then it, he says, you know, I found myself pounding on the bar. How the hell did this happen again? And, you know, it just comes out of nowhere. And then once it happened, he's like, well, fuck it. You know, kind of like you are talking about earlier, Dan, you know, you're like, I'll ah, quit on Monday. And then Monday comes and then something happens. And before you know it, you got, you, you got a pint in you and you're like, Right, well, next Monday, I'm going to get good and fucked up all week now. And that's just the way our mind works, man. And and uh, uh, Robert mentioned it earlier, too. You know, um, people talk about triggers, you know, bad days, bad bosses, uh, rough day at work. Those can be things that can lead you into it. But the way I believe yeah, I think, it, yeah, go ahead.
2: Because I think the, what uh, Robert said before about work and bosses and stuff is important for me, I'm not sure about you guys, to just to make sure you keep continuing to control the controllables. What's right. the point in stressing and, and tearing yourself out of something that you can't control? It, yeah. It's it's pointless. All, all you're doing is playing games with your own mind, um, kicking out negative energy. So it's... it's, it's li- We all do it as human beings. We're all guilty for it. But I know in hindsight it's easy to sit here and say don't do it than it is in reality. But it, it it's you're doing yourself no favors. It's, it's not, it's, you're not going to solve anything by doing it, you know?
0: Yeah, and, it, and it, I, I believe it gets better. For me, it's getting better over time. You know, I can stop and evaluate, you know, um, okay, is this something that I can change? Is this worth my energy? And uh I, I've said it before in one of the Twitter spaces, uh one of my counselors, John P. Duty, what a great name, right? Um, He would always say in, in, in our groups, he would say, okay, so you need to ask yourself something in early sobriety <clears throat> when you're still figuring it out. Does it need to be said? Number one, does it need to be said by me? That's your second question. And then three, if, the, if those first two are yes, does it need to be said by me right now? And he said, if you can say yes to all three of those questions, then go ahead and say what you're thinking but I I think that's a good platform. Like, you know, you guys are talking about work, Robert, you were talking about your uh, manager or your boss or whatever. You know, I I think those are three good questions, you know, fuck, I just want to tell this person off right now. Well, okay. Does it need to be said? Yes. It needs to be goddamn said. Does it need to be said by me? Okay. Well, I heard this from somebody else. Maybe it shouldn't be me. You know what I mean? And then you can kind of squash those thoughts um, as you go.
2: I agree. I think the, um, the, some of the anxieties as well since stop drinking is you've got to face your emotions as well. Uh, I'm not sure about you guys what you used to do. It, it's if you're pissed off or you something on your mind but you you don't want to kind of address it mm-hmm. um, or you're stressed, have some beers and nine times out of ten you feel better for it. But you wake up the next morning and those stresses, those issues are still going to be there. So now since stop um, stopping drinking, having to face those feelings and face those emotions when you've numbed them with drink for so long, for so many years, it's a case of, it's quite nerve wracking. Uh, I have have a good friend who's a a stand up comedian called Dan O'Reilly. He's, um, he's on a sober journey as well. He's 130 days now. Um, He's turned around and said that um, it's like losing a friend. It, it's it's whatever you kind of whatever you're celebrating, whatever you're commiserating, the drink or he was on drugs as well. But your drink slash drugs has always been there as your friend, you know. It doesn't matter kind of what you're celebrating or what the mood is, what the occasion is. That friend's always been there. Now, when you cut that out completely, there's a void, there's a gap. That for a while you you, you don't know how to feel or you don't know how to get around that. Now, like you said, mine's kind of been with the exercise. Uh, Robert's obviously got his techniques and what works for him. But, um, and yourself, obviously, as well, uh, Scott. But, um, yeah, it opens your eyes, let's say that, when you stop drinking. And um, you've got to find new um, patterns, new behaviours, just new ways of thinking as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I look at the amount of time and energy that I put into, uh, planning out my day around getting alcohol and getting drunk. There was a lot of time and energy spent on that. And so something has got to fill that void. As you said, um, something's got to, something's got to go in its place, you know, cause it all of a sudden I don't wake up and I'm like, okay, so I have to do this, 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 and this today. So, um, you know, my fiance has got to go with me for this. So I can't get it then. So, you know, <laughs> you know Oh, maybe we need some fertilizer or we need some pool uh, stuff to put in the pool or, you know, maybe later I'll see if she wants some ice cream and I'll volunteer to go get it at the store or whatever. You know, it just, it was just a constant manipulation all day, every day.
1: <laughs> How about you, Robert? Can you relate to that? <laughs> Oh, definitely. I mean, my big thing was since I was selling weed, you know, and I didn't want my kid to know it was, I had an excuse to go to the grocery store or meet somebody somewhere. And every time I went somewhere in the car, I had to stop and get some alcohol. And, and for me, like the thing he was talking about, like one, one is too many and thousands never enough. You know, alcohol wasn't at the end. It wasn't really what I wanted. I was using it to kind of check out. But I'll tell you what, three beers, man, and everything's out the window. Then I'm, you know, I'm wide ass open, you know. I've yeah. let I've let my addiction out to, to create chaos in my life. So I have no control after I do that. So all I can do today is just not pick up that first whatever it is and put it in my body. And you know something he was also, Dan was also talking about is you know I started in my mid teens drinking, so I never learned to deal with my emotions. And you know if I got pissed off or upset or my feelings got hurt or things didn't go my way, I would get high. I would drink whatever. And so now in, in my 50s, I'm learning stuff I probably should have learned at 15 <laughs> of how to deal with this stuff. And I mean, it's literally I've heard it said in recovery that the age you are when you start using is the emotional and mental age that you are until you stop. So I thought about that with my son. You know, we we get into so much chaos with each other. But I think mentally we're about the same age, So <laughs> like two teenagers arguing. But when I used to get into it with him and I'd get in a shouting match, I'd hop in the car and go over to the store and get some beer and sit on the couch and chill and drink it and everything would be all right right then. But, you know, it didn't solve the problem. It was still there the next day. And so now, you know, even though it doesn't go swimmingly well every second, if something's going on, I've learned to talk to him about it, you know, and sometimes we just agree to disagree and he goes back in his room, but at least I'm like, look, you know, I really wish you wouldn't do this or it bothers me when you do that. And he does the same thing with me. I mean, he got in trouble for something a couple weeks ago and, you know, I drive him to work and uh, I told him that I was going to start making him walk to work for a week to teach him, you know, respect. And he calmly, he said, look, first of all, that's bullshit. You're just acting out of your emotions and you're mad at me. And if you want to tell me it's inconvenient to take me to work, that's fine. But if you're trying to teach me a lesson about respect, I call bullshit on that. And, you know, I mean, so he's learning from my recovery to, to set boundaries and speak the truth. And I don't really always like what he says. But what I said, look, you know, I'll take you to work tomorrow and I'm going to talk to some people about it and revisit this. And all the suggestions that I got from people in the program were basically what he said. And I didn't like that. I had to swallow my yeah. pride and be like, well, I could be wrong on this one. But, I mean, you know, we came to an, to an agreement and some kind of a compromise that worked for both of us. And, uh, you know, so that's what I'm doing different today. I didn't have to go up to the store and get a 12-pack and get sloshed and feel like shit the next day. And so, you know, I mean, it's just doing things differently than I've been doing them for 35 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you only got to change one thing in Sprite, right? Right,
1: Robert? <laughs> everything. One,
0: uh, one thing is everything. It's that <laughs> freaking simple. You know, I, I, I know that when I finally came clean, you know, I came to a point, you know, all I could think about in treatment, well, and that was part of the problem was getting my kids back into my life and, and getting my ex-fiance back. And, you know, that was so focused. And uh, my sponsor told me to quit calling for a while. And I did that. And that, that helped tremendously because I could focus on myself. Um, but there were still lives that I was maintaining you know, even as I started to progress in, in in recovery, you know, and they were eating me alive. And so finally, one day I was like, you know what, that time that you thought I was drinking, and I still swore, you know, a week ago that I didn't drink that time that you thought I was, I didn't. Every time that you thought I was drinking, I did. And I knew when I said this, and if you listen to the Sober Dad podcast, he kind of talks about this himself with his wife, you know, he just came decided to come clean with everything. There was a risk that that would be it. And I got to a point of being sick and tired of carrying that burden that if that's what it was, then that's how it had to be. And I'll tell you, you know, our brains and our disease will tell us that it's going to go bad. Every time that you are honest, every time that you want to, you know, share your feelings, it's going to go bad. People are going to look down on you. They're going to mock you. They're going to listen to that. And it's a lie 99% of the time. And so I came clean and you know, yeah, it was a kick to the gut for her, but she realized what I was trying to do, and that was a clean slate. You know, uh, do you know, uh, do my step eight and nine, or well, I guess it'd be nine, making the amends, and 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 getting everything out there that, that I can. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I just think whenever you're feeling like I'm not sure if I should tell this or I should keep this going, I, the, it really is honesty is the best policy.
1: Have you experienced that
0: in 40 days? 100%. Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead, Dan. I was asking you, have you experienced that at all? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So it's when you said about being open and kind of revealing about what you've been going through to people. um, Strangely, that's kind of happened organically since I've stopped drinking and gone sober. Gone, it's only been, I said, 40 days, but um, it's. Yeah, yeah. It it becomes something you talk about a lot. Especially for me, it's I've obviously um, co-managing a pub and hotel. You're serving people all the time. You have a lot of regulars. uh, A lot of the regulars offer to buy you a beer. And I'm fine. So, no, no. Don't worry, mate. I'm not drinking anymore. And then they start asking questions. So before you realise it, yeah, you're opening up um, and talking about it a lot more. Um, I've touch base with um my dad and sister i've been honest about how much i was drinking um i think that probably comes a bit of a shock um they knew i was drinking a lot but maybe not to the extent that i was was, or drinking as much as i was um but but it's good it's it's like it's like losing a weight you know it's like a weight kind of dropping off your shoulders when um they say when you tell someone something that's a pop- or you've got a problem that you share with someone, that's a problem that's been halved, you know? Yeah. And um, there's, there's less and less that's going around in your brain and beating yourself up over it. If you, if you open and you talk to people.
0: Yeah. carry getting rid of the dead weight. And I mean, we will find, we know I, I shouldn't say we, I should speak for myself, but I know that if I carry anything around, um that's going to you know be negative and and put a burden on me the, the easy escape i just found out this morning that my ankle monitor is coming off next month and you know that is i haven't asked until today because i thought it was coming off on you know a month ago and i didn't say anything it's just yeah. added insurance, you know and then i found out this morning when the courts called me um that i gotta wear it until next month and i would be lying if i said that that's not borderline terrifying (laughs) you know because that's that added accountability you know what I mean I have not sat here um, in these past few weeks that have been absolutely terrible mentally for me and said you know what'll fix it drinking so I'm extremely optimistic um, because that is not you know, every other time I've been on probation, it was like, I cannot wait to be on probation. So I don't have to go bowl or pee. So I can just fucking drink and just enjoy life again. And that has not crossed my mind. And that is very optimistic uh, in in my mind. Um,
2: definitely. definitely.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I really appreciate you dudes coming on here, man, and, and being willing to do a, a threesome, if you will, without, uh, making it sound awkward, but, uh, you both have great stories to tell. You both are, you know, I'm just continually amazed every time I come on. Like I, I get anxiety, and I'm like, "Is this thing going to flow? What, what do I need to do to make this thing good?" And every single time, I don't have to do shit. I just let you guys do all the talking, and and, and it turns out great. <laughs> so the as I said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, we'll go around here, and then any final comments that you want to share about yourself or, or anything or any advice that's worked for you um we'll, we'll do that but uh i just want to say again that the door is open for you both to come back at any time we'll do a solo thing um you know this is what i do right now and this is what's keeping me sober so uh we we, we started uh, today off with you robert so we'll we'll start with you to end it too man any final thoughts
1: well, something that uh, I really related to was something that Dan said about, you know, he's coming up on a vacation. Will he drink a beer? He's not planning on it. I know that, um, you know, I had, a, they call them reservations in the program, but, you know, I knew that I didn't think I was going to be able to do this thing. And so I just kept postponing it. I was like, okay, at, at 90 days, I'm, I'm going to drink. And then when I got to 90 days, I was like, well, six months, I'll drink. Then in six months, I said a year I'll drink and then just picked up a year and I'm like, well, you know, five years, maybe, you know, so I am not telling myself that I can never drink again because I'll freak out. I'll go get drunk today. So I know I can get drunk today if I want to, but thankfully I do not want to. So I only have to worry about today, as long as I don't drink today, I'll never drink. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Thanks so much, Robert, for that, man. That's great stuff. How about you, Dan? Final thoughts?
2: Um, I agree, yeah. When Robert puts it that way, I, d- I definitely agree. Um, it's, it's a big, bold statement to say I'll never drink again. Some people are, um, adamant and that's them, that's cool, they do, they can do them. But, uh, for me, it's first one was 30 days, which I hit, you know, my next target's 50, then it'll be 100. Um, I say I'm not gonna wait till the end, oh, end of August, so, um. You're going to be looking what 130, 140 days by that point. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll um yeah we'll review things then. Uh, one last thing I do find quite interesting. I was reading the other day. i was listening to uh, a separate podcast about it. I do believe most people, whether they kind of go what we what we've been through or not, um, are addicts. Uh, what I mean by that is whether they're addicted to scrolling on their mobile phone. Um, people who are addicted to having a coffee in the morning. Some people don't even function without a coffee in the morning, you know? Hmm. Um, Whether that's, um, I don't know, things like addicted to going to the gym, addicted to energy drinks, addicted to sex, for instance, you know? Every single person's got an addiction within them. Um, And I don't think society explains that enough or tells people that enough. Um, So just because our addiction maybe was beer or for you guys, drugs, for instance, or beer, then, or liquor. Um, but yeah, everyone's got an addiction, and it's only drinking drugs which uh, society tells us is frowned upon. Um, society actively encourages and supports some of the other uh, addictions, if you like. But yeah, it, it's a case of not being too hard on ourselves. One day at a time, as you guys have both said, and let's see where life takes us.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Dan. And, and I think that's a great way to end it. And we need to, we need to understand ourselves and and I'll, I'll I'll say us because what we're doing right now today is helping remove that stigma because we never know who's going to listen to this and we need to humanize um, addiction to alcohol and, and, and drugs because we are still human. Yeah. It's a shitty thing and outward appearances like you're a bad person I don't believe that. I mean, yeah, there's bad people that are addicted too, and we've done bad things, but I think overall majority of us are just trying to cope and we're good people that have made bad choices. And I think the more we talk about it, the less stigma there's going to be. Um, We've talked about that before too. And maybe we'll, I'll have you both back on to talk more about that in detail. You know, when you hear drug addict, you, or you hear hard drugs, you know, at least I'm not doing hard drugs. People don't realize that alcohol is worse in more cases than the hard drugs on your body and your brain, especially. And it's so Yeah, and it's it's and and it's everywhere, you know. So yeah, that's a great point, Dan. And I think we can end on that. That, you know, we're gonna end this st- stigma by continuing to talk about it, to humanize it, to show that, you know, it's it's a struggle and it's it's a disease like a lot of other things. And, you know, we need to pick people up instead of knocking them down. It's not as easy as, if it was as easy as just, well, just don't fucking drink. If it was that fucking easy, I would have never had a problem to begin with. You know what I mean? So you're absolutely right. The emotions take over and we're we're trying to fix these things. So awesome stuff, dudes. I I just, man, I tell you what, dude, I I get done with these things and it's like, it's a shot of dopamine and like dopamine, it's serenity, it's clarity, it's hope, it's happy. I mean, I, I just really appreciate you guys being willing to come on here. So. Hit me up in the DMs on Twitter, and if you want to come back and do a solo thing, I will get it in the calendar the right way this time, and we'll sit down and we'll spend, you know, 40 minutes or an hour uh, individually, all right? Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Awesome. Uh, uh, We'll talk soon, and uh, those of you that are out there listening, please check out the other podcasts and support everybody that's been willing to come on and share their experience, strength, and hope. This is not easy to do. It's not for everybody. Um, but we're doing it for that, for that person that's sitting out there that could be struggling today. So um, let us know how we did. And if you got any comments or feedback and uh, on on to Robert or Dan today, I will make sure that they see it one way or another. And um, thank you all for listening. We'll uh, we'll see on the next one.